How we doing, guys? That hurt. It really did. Um, not the game we were hoping for. A lot of negatives from this game. A couple positives. Um, but anytime you lose by three touchdowns at home and you get beat down and embarrassed in your own house. It's not good. It's not good. It's definitely not good. Um, and not only that, but the team looked visibly defeated. It, it looked like they basically gave up by the time the fourth quarter rolled around. And it was, it was an emotional loss. That loss really hurt. Like emotionally it was, it was just taxing. Just ugly. Not good. Definitely not good. And you know, like I mentioned in the last episode, being a Niner fan, it's an emotional roller coaster. How excited were we getting Christian McCaffrey? Oh my gosh, we're getting the Christian McCaffrey debut. CMC. Let's see what this is, what it's going to look like. And... Then we get demolished on a positive side. Christian McCaffrey, he looked really good. Um, His uh, rushing numbers didn't look as spectacular in the end of the game uh, just because they stuffed him a couple times for a couple losses, but he was, he was impressive. Um, Even though, uh, even though his like final stats, I think he only averaged, um, a little about like four or five yards of her carry. That's after his first four touches, I think were like eight or 10 yards a piece. So Christian McCaffrey is legit. Loved watching him out there. Um, and I was saying during and after the game that, uh, like I knew Christian McCaffrey was good. Um, but you know, like I've, I'm not a Carolina fan. I haven't watched him for the last few years. I haven't watched him a lot this year. And this is the first year he's been healthy in a couple of years. And the dude, he looks good. His, what really stands out to me is his elusiveness and his vision and his feet. You know, he, he's so good seeing where to go. And just being able to shift and make guys miss and keeping his feet going. Like the way he was able to jump cut and plant and jump cut and plant. And what looked like would be maybe like a one or a three yard gain. And he ends up getting seven or eight because he makes one guy miss and then hits a crease between two other guys and then weaves and finally gets taken down. But like five yards more than what you'd expect. Um, I'm really excited to see Christian McCaffrey this year. And uh, I, I think he will be special in this offense. Um, but yeah, this, this was, it was a disappointing game. It was also a weird game because the defense has been, was so good for the first six games, like historical levels and then we take, get a lot of injuries over the last two weeks. And then we give up 44 to Kansas City. Not ideal. You gave up six touchdowns. Six. You gave up a you gave up a touchdown, a third and six, and they got a 45-yard touchdown. On a third and twenty. You give up a 35-yard screen pass. So, 
this loss was ultimately on the defense. And here's here's why I'm saying this is all kind of so weird um, is because I can explain. It's a lot easier for me to explain why the defense struggled against Kansas City than it is for me to explain why the offense has been so mediocre with all the star power that they have, right? You have George Kittle, Debo Samuel, Christian McCaffrey now, Kyle Juszczyk, who broke his fingers but still played through the entire, still played the entire game. Trent Williams, Brandon Ayuk, and a really damn good play designer in Kyle Shanahan. You only put up 23 points. You have all that star power and you only put up 23 points. Prior to this game, you had Debo Samuel, George Kittle, Trent Williams, Kyle Juszczyk, Brandon Ayuk. An offense that knows how to scheme open a run game. And you're still only putting up mediocre numbers. Why is that? It's, again, like, why did the defense struggle today? I can explain it fairly easily. Are you ready? Cool. They were able to run up the middle because you're missing your two starting defensive linemen. Kinlaw, Armstead, out. Cool. So now you're on backup defensive tackles. They can run up the middle. All right. Well, where's the pass rush? Real simple. Bosa's coming off of an injury. They're double, triple teaming him. They're getting, they're checking him every time or chipping him basically every snap, which slows down the pass rush. All right. So you slow down the pass rush. You're missing at least one linebacker. Then you lose your second linebacker. And then you're missing your number two corner. And then your number one corner is coming off of an injury and your safety is coming off of an injury. So you've got your number one corner, your number one pass rusher, and your number one safety all coming off of injuries. You're missing one, then two linebackers. Then you're missing two starting, uh, your two starting defensive tackles. That's why the pass rush was ineffective. That's why the run defense was ineffective. That's why the tackling was bad. And that's why the passing defense was bad. That's explainable. If you would have told me like, hey, you're going to face Patrick Mahomes and you're going to be missing half of your starting defense, I'll be like, well, shit, we're probably going to give up 30 plus points. That makes sense. Like, it sucks. It hurts to hear. But it makes sense. You know? Hey, you got Bosa, but he's coming off of an injury. You don't have Armstead. You don't have Kinlaw. Uh, you also have Ibu Cam coming off of an injury. Your number one corner is coming off of an injury. Your number two corner is out with an injury. Uh, your number one safety is coming off of an injury. And your number two and your number three linebacker are both out with injuries. Cool. So who do we have that starter? A safety, a linebacker. Really, that's who I have that's a starter that's still healthy in this game is a safety and a linebacker. Cool. So I have basically two 100% healthy starters on defense going up, up against Patrick Mahomes. All right, cool. So you're probably going to get shredded. It sucks, but it is what it is. Now, let's attack this same game and say, all right, cool. You've got Debo Samuel, George Kittle, Brandon Ayuk, Christian McCaffrey. Why did you only put up 23 points? See, this is this has been the difficulty this season. I have this is also a one-off when you consider how bad the defense is. And here's what I mean: is that again, the defense the first six weeks. Five, five, six weeks. You know, we now have played seven in our last two. We struggled on defense. First five games, historical levels of defense. You get a bunch of injuries. You play against the number one quarterback in the NFL. 
I get it. Like, that makes sense. I expect this defense to bounce back because D'Amico Ryans, while he had his ass handed to him in this game, the history that we have of D'Amico Ryans is he's a damn good defensive coordinator, and this is a very good defense. We went up against a really good quarterback, a really good play caller, and we were missing most of our starters at some point of that game. That's going to happen. The offense and the lack of consistency is the problem. Here's what I think will probably happen on defense. I have a hunch that we're going to bounce back against the Rams. We always do. We always do. The Rams are our get-right game. The Rams are the medicine that we need to get back on track. We have beat the Rams every single regular season game going back almost five years. The only time they beat us in the last like four or five years is the NFC Championship last year. Other than that, we own the Rams. They are our get-right game. If we beat the Rams... Here's what I see happening. We should get back, hopefully, Dre Greenlaw. Hopefully by then, Jason Verrett is ready to play. Because again, after the Rams, we have a bye week. So you get back Dre Greenlaw. Hopefully his calf isn't too bad. Um, Or Aziz. I don't know what his time frame is. I forget right now off the top of my head. But you get back one of your starting linebackers. You get Jason Verrett ready to play. He's a number one corner. Charvarius Ward is fully recovered from his groin. So there you go. You get a starting linebacker back. You get a starting cornerback. Um, you get your number one corner fully healthy, not, you know, kind of still out there nursing it. Uh, Jimmy Ward should be better at that point. At least we would hope. Uh, You should also hopefully at that point be getting back Eric Armstead, your starting defensive tackle who helps stuff the run game. Get back Eric Armstead, you can stuff the run. Then the pass rush can start to eat. Now you have two good starting outside corners and you get one of your starting safeties back. This defense is going to rebound. I expect coming back off the bye, we get back to having a top five defense. The question is, though, the offense. Now, we all know what the limiting factor is in this offense. It's Jimmy Garoppolo. We all know that. We all know Jimmy Garoppolo is the limiting factor in this offense. And you know what? It is what it is. Uh, We know what Jimmy is. We know who Jimmy is. I'm not going to go off for too long about it. Um Because we all know. We all know. We've seen it. We've watched it for five plus years. We understand why we went for Trey. And we're all really sad that we don't have Trey. The question is, though, is how can we get this offense to produce more points consistently? Because Jimmy hasn't honestly been playing that badly. And... It's hard to say this because like there's sometimes here's the thing is when you don't have explosive plays, you have to be perfectly efficient and not make mistakes. Jimmy is prone to turnovers. He's prone to mistakes. And if you have to rely on everything being perfect on offense because you don't get explosive plays, then things like penalties are going to totally screw up your game plan. I just rewatched the game and in the condensed version, they don't even show really all the penalties because whenever it offsets, they did get, they erase them or whatever. It like, it doesn't even show the ref talking. I counted at least 12 penalties and that's unacceptable. I think like the actual counted number was less than that, but The Niners committed like 12 or 15 penalties that game. And that's just not acceptable. 
there is a significant lack of discipline going on. And a lot of these were just like boneheaded, dumb mistakes, you know, like three offsides calls, you know, you had Amenahue, Bosa twice, three neutral zone sash offsides penalties. You can't do that. That's just three penalties that are dumb and stupid and a lack of awareness. You got to clean those up. Uh, Juwan Jennings, when he hit Pacheco out of bounds and he had a freaking 50 yard return, he runs out of bounds and Juwan Jennings, bam, hits him. Blah. Cool. Well, there's 15 yards. Do you feel better now? Just a lack of discipline. And like McGlinchey was ass. I'm sorry, but he was, um, Danny Gray, the, the false start on Danny Gray. Like, come on, dude. Like you gotta be better than that Rook. I know that you're a rookie, but come on. So just the lack of awareness and the lack of discipline. Um, I feel like the offense rewatching this game, the offense was actually better upon rewatching it. But again, like, I feel like whenever we had one of those good plays, one of those, Jimmy had like a freaking 20 yard run that got called back because McGlinchey was holding, you know, there was another holding call that was called, uh, that called back like a 20 yard, 30 yard Brandon Ayuk catch. So you, you, if you're going to be perfectly efficient, you can't make mistakes. And you especially can't stack mistakes on mistakes. The lack of discipline is a serious issue. Um, And I mean, again, if you're going to commit 10, 12, 14, 15 penalties, like you don't deserve to win in the NFL. Like, come on. So I don't know what that is. There's something wrong with the coaching that's, that's leading to all these penalties. And it's so frustrating because Shanahan has consistently been one of the most penalized teams. Um, All right. So today I am attempting to fix the 49ers. (laughs) No pressure. Um, But yeah, attempting to fix them. So again, penalties, you got to cut those out. All the dumb stuff, just... Hey team, lock in, no dumb penalties, know your snap count. If you're a, a receiver, you know, don't listen to the snap count, watch the ball, you know, like don't hit people out of bounds and cause these, you know, dumb penalties, you know, Mike McGlinchey, don't hold, <laughs> um, you know, just like tell the guys like, Hey, you know, we, we can't allow dumb penalties to allow us to beat ourselves because the offense, there are a lot of things that are working. Like the run game was working. Jeff Wilson jr. Was averaging like seven yards a carry for some reason. He only carried it like seven or eight times. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, like I said, he was averaging like seven or eight, like six, seven yards a carry until he got stuffed a couple of times at the end. And then we gave up on the run. So can't, beat ourselves with penalties. All right. Now, like I said, as far as, as far as adjusting on defense, honestly, like I said, I think the, I think the defense is going to rebound. The biggest thing I would say on defense is you got to adjust when it's needed. You can't allow the same play to score a touchdown three times. Mikkel Hardman had three jet sweep touchdowns. You can't allow that. You can't allow them to run the exact same play three times for a touchdown. D'Amico, I'm sorry, but you've been great for most of your career as our defensive coordinator. You got to figure that out in game. Hey, holy crap. They just ran a jet sweep. We got to figure out how to stop that. All right, cool. Halftime or like in between, um, you know, possessions like, hey, guys, if you see a jet sweep, do this and this and, you know, like adjust this way. 
So that way we don't get beat with it a second time. And then if they beat you a second time, like, hey, guys, seriously, (laughs) they start doing a jet sweep. Do this, this and this because we can't let them do that a third time. All right. So you got to adjust whenever you see something like that, because I I didn't see an adjustment. Um, So you got to be able to adjust with that. I'm wondering where the second half adjustments are with this team. Um, I do want to point out just a couple other like initial notes, uh, field goals instead of touchdowns. I get it. If you're playing like the bears, you know, like a team that doesn't put up points except for apparently against, uh, the Patriots uh, last night. Um, but if you're playing the chiefs, I'm sorry, fourth and three inside the 20, you go for it. You can't be kicking a friggin' 30 yard field goal fourth and three against the chiefs go for it because I I don't care how good your defense is. You need need to score 30 points to beat the chiefs period. Cause they'll put up 30 points. No questions asked pretty much every game. So that field goal I have an issue with. All right. Um, I'm just trying to think about where these extra points could have come from. So the first field goal should have went for it. If you convert it and you score, you go up 7-0. And then the second touchdown off the interception, you're up 14-0. All right. Um, The next thing, Jimmy. Jimmy's fucking touchdown at the end of the first half or his interception. Frustrating because there's another negative three points. You know, another negative three points. The safety, another two points to the other side. Um, the sack that took them out of field gold range, you know, that, that could have been another three points. Um, so field goals, you elite scoring teams. You need to go for the touchdown, especially again, fourth. and I get if it's like fourth and eight, you know, and you're at like midfield, but if you're in, if you're in your own like red zone and it's three yards, fourth down, Please go for it, Shanahan. I know you're not listening to me, but you're playing the Chiefs. You're playing Mahomes. Here's my question. If Kyle Shanahan knew that the Chiefs would put up 42 points on offense, would he go for a single field goal? That's what you got to ask yourself. Assume that these elite scoring teams are going to put up 35. Let's just, let's just make it an arbitrary number. 35. Assume they're going to score five touchdowns. How many field goals are you kicking or when are you kicking a field goal? If you know, the other team is going to put up 35 points. Again, you're missing half of your defensive starters. At what point do you say, I'm not kicking a field goal. I'm going for this. But yeah, discipline, field goals, touchdowns Um, to the people who are talking about Shanahan firing him. I disagree. Again, Shanahan is not the best coach in the NFL. He's definitely not the worst. Um, And one thing that I was kind of thinking about Shanahan, as far as somebody who has the ability to develop coaches and to build a team, in my opinion, is elite. Look at how many coaches have come from Kyle Shanahan and how good he has been at building a team, right? Think about that. We now have Sala and Mike McDaniel, Mike McDaniels, who got hired directly from Shanahan. Martin Mayhew got hired as a general manager from Shanahan. How many, how good of a developer of coaches is Shanahan? I think that's one thing that people don't talk about enough is how good Shanahan is at developing coaches and how good he's been at building a team. Has Shanahan necessarily had the elite offense? 
Honestly, no. His offenses have kind of been disappointing, and the only justification is that his best quarterback has been average, and his other quarterbacks have been barely even backups, you know? Like, how much? How many games are Nick Mullins, C.J. Beathard, and Brian Hoyer playing? They're not. And the teams that have them hope that they're not, you know? So... Has Shanahan's offenses been great? No, they haven't, and it's a shame. Um, but Shanahan, as far as developing coaches and building a team, again, one of the worst teams in the league to a Super Bowl and then to another NFC Championship two years later. Shanahan, the team builder. Shanahan, the coach builder. In my opinion, underrated. Shanahan, the offensive genius, I think we need to start questioning, though. Because... How is your offensive genius not putting up 30 plus points every game with the amount of weapons we have? Yeah. Anyways, though, um, time to fix the offense. Are you ready for this? Um, so let's talk about it. There's a couple things that if it was up to me, obviously it's not, that's probably a good thing because I'm not an, I'm not a, a genius or a mastermind coach or anything. I'm just some fucking guy who's yelling at a microphone in his bedroom on a work night. <laughs> um, but there's a few adjustments that I would like to see Shanahan make. Um, and I'm going to try and explain why. And I treat tweeted this out. So in football, they say there's the Jimmy's and the Joe's and the X's and the O's. So in terms of Jimmy's and Joe's, we just need a couple of guys healthy. That's mostly a defensive thing. As far as fixing the defense, here's the things that I would do on defense as far as adjusting it. Um, obviously, you got to get a little more healthy. So you get back Armstead, you get back Verrett. Uh, you know, you hope to get a couple of guys back healthy. Adjustments. I want to see more um, Drake Jackson, Bosa, and Omenahue. Those three guys all out there at the same time. I want to see more of those three guys out there at the same time. Because from what I'm seeing, those are our three best pass rushers and playmakers. Uh, Amenahue looks like a beast. Bosa is Bosa. And Drake Jackson is looking damn good as a rookie. And when he's out there, he makes plays. I want to see more of those three guys. And then whoever is the best, you know, whoever is the biggest defensive tackle out there, just get Hassan Ridgeway out there and just say, hey, bro, just stuff these stuff this gap here and take up these two guys because we got three legit pass rushers uh but i want to see more of those three guys out there um the next thing is quarterback zone reads it's so frustrating it there's two ways two ways that you defend the zone read because what is what is the zone read the zone read is the quarterback reads the defensive end. And if the defensive end crashes on the running back, the quarterback keeps it and runs outside. And if the defensive end freezes and crashes on the quarterback, then you hand it to the running back and he runs through that gap. So what do you do on defense? Either crash the defensive end on the quarterback every time or scrape the linebacker on the backside. It's that simple. Either you have the defensive end that they're reading hit the quarterback every time, which is my preferred method because... <laughs> If the quarterback is saying, hey, I might run it, fucking hit him. You know, like be like, oh, cool. You want to run it? Cool. Bam. Now you're in the ground. Oh, you didn't have the ball. Sorry. Thought you did. I thought you had the ball. Oh, you're going to run the ball again. Oh, oh, sorry, dude. Oh, you didn't have it. Oh, I'm sorry. Hey, it's all good, though. I thought you I thought you were going to run it. Is he going to run it? Oh, dude, really? 
oh, dude, I, I could have sworn you were going to have the ball that third time. I mean, this is the third time you've ran that. I'm sorry, dude. Here, let me help you off that dirt. You know, just if the QB is going to run that zone read, smash him into the ground every time and just be like, oh, sorry, dude, run play. I thought I thought you had the ball. And then, you know, like trust your linebackers and defensive tackles to clean up the run game up the middle. The other option is you just say, hey, you just if you see a zone read, just crash on that running back every time. And our linebacker, he's going to scrape over the backside and pursue any outside zone from the quarterback. So again, this time you just you crash on the running back and the, the backside linebacker, he scrapes over the back and just clears up anything on the back end. It's real simple. Either crash on the quarterback or crash on the running back and scrape. I don't, I don't care which way you do it, do it. Just every single time that we have to deal with a mobile quarterback doing a zone read, just do one of those two. Just pick one and do it. Crash and smash or crash and scrape. <laughs> Please just, just do one of them. Um, yeah, and then the only other thing I would do is uh, whenever you're going against a team that has a legit number one guy, just bracket him. Just bracket him or double him every play. Seriously. If, if you're playing Kansas City Chiefs, Travis Kelsey's the number one guy. Cool. Just, just bracket him on every play. Figure out the rest. Just fucking bracket him. Say, hey, somebody else has got to beat us. You know, if you're playing, you know, eventually we're going to be playing against the Raiders. Uh, I know they've been playing very poorly this year, but you're going to have to play them. And what that means is that, you know, they've got a, they've got a Devonte Adams. Double him, double him, bracket him every play. Hey, beat us with Hunter Renfro do it we dare you beat us with Hunter Renfro so yeah those are really the only adjustments that I would make on defense you know I mean other than that like I have faith in this defense I believe in it it's been so good this year that I have to look at this performance as a fluke and that's exactly what it is in my opinion you got a whole bunch of injuries and the guys that weren't injured they were coming back from injuries and you played the best quarterback and the best offense in the NFL coming off of a loss. They were pissed off. They beat you. It happens. But we're here to talk about how do you fix the offense. I've got like seven bullet points here. So, and I, and I did upon re-watching this, I noticed some of these. So here's the first bullet point that I have. Number one. More outside zone runs combined with play action shot plays. So, outside runs. The great thing about the offensive, uh, the outside zone run is you get the offensive line moving, you get the pocket moving, which slows down the pass rush. Also, if you have good running backs, which we now have Christian McCaffrey, we should be getting back Elijah Mitchell, hopefully, after the bye week. And Jeff Wilson Jr., while I'm not the biggest fan, he's been playing pretty darn well this year. So you got at least, you got two, three starting caliber running backs. You know, one of them, superstar McCaffrey. One of them, a star, in my opinion, Eli Mitchell. And then a solid, in my opinion, Wilson's a solid number two. If he's now our number three, great. That's good. Run the outside zone. You run the outside zone. And what does it do? You press the edges. You get the offensive line moving, which slows down the pass rush. You get the linebackers in pursuit flowing with the line. You have a good running back. They can view a cutback lane. And then you hit that cutback lane for a big game. When you have guys that can plant their feet and get vertical, then they can get that offensive line moving, hit that comeback. Now you get an explosive run. All right. This is what we saw so much of in 2019 was explosive runs. But that's not the only thing that the outside zone does. It also, like I said, slows down the pass rush. And 
you can create some really good play action shot plays. Think of this, all right? Just picture this in your head. You do an outside zone. Uh, let's just say you run an outside zone to the left with Christian McCaffrey, all right? And then what you do is you you run the outside zone to the left. Christian McCaffrey gets six, eight yards on a run. You do it again the other way to the right. He gets another six, eight yards. Then you do it again to the left. Only this time, instead of doing it, you do a play-action shot, and you've got Ayuk, Debo, and Kittle all coming across on crossers. And the everyone is over-pursuing because McCaffrey's been beating him up, right? So now you've got Ayuk, who's good at yak, by the way, Debo, who's really good at yak, by the way, and Kittle, who I don't know if you've noticed, is really good at yak, by the way. It also, because Jimmy only throws over the middle, it creates passing lanes because it forces the linebackers to crash on the run game and to move laterally, right? They move horizontally. It creates passing lanes for you to hit guys on the comeback. So that's my first thing is run the ball with more outside zone, especially now that you're getting McCaffrey, Elijah Mitchell. You got some damn good running backs for the outside zone. And then it opens up shot plays to Kittle, to Debo, to Ayuk for Jimmy to hit. And on top of that, it slows down that pass rush, right? Now, let's say hypothetically that they just keep leaving a guy out uh, so they don't have the backside defender actually crash on the run play and they hold him out to hit Jimmy. Okay, cool. We'll just keep handing it off and then there'll be a wide open cutback lane. That's the great thing about the offensive zone, the outside zone with the play action, right? And it just, it makes it easy for Jimmy, right? Makes it easy because they're over pursuing. There's wide open passing lanes. And then you got a bunch of really good yak players. So that's the first point. More outside zone, play action shot plays because we need our explosives too. The next thing, bullet point number two, we need more RPOs. I don't know why Shanahan uses RPOs so little, especially because it uses like Jimmy's best attribute, which is quick release on short passes, right? So an RPO isn't something that you want to use a ton of, but it's something that I really think we need to implement more of. So you can run RPOs on outside zone or you can run RPOs on inside zone. Uh, and the other thing is that RPOs, Typically, you're either throwing a screen or a slant. Oh my gosh, those are like our favorite fucking routes is screens and slant. So you can do inside zone RPOs where you're going to run an inside zone. You're watching the linebacker. If he crashes on the running back, you hit the slant behind him. You can do an outside zone RPO where you're starting to run the outside zone and then you see him crashing and then you can hit a slant on the backside. Or you do an inside zone and then you see the, you know, it's a, they're in man. And so you hit the screen pass to the wide receiver. But the great thing about RPOs is that what it does is, again, you're utilizing a mismatch in the numbers, right? So they're either, they're, they're crap. You're reading one defender and that's telling you where to go, Right. It's the same thing with like a zone read with, you know, like I was talking about with the QB, either you hand it off or you run it. Obviously we don't want Jimmy running a zone read, but an RPO is the same kind of thing where you're watching a key defender and depending on what he does determines, do you hand it off or do you hit your quick pass? Bam, like pretty straightforward. You know, let's, let's run some RPOs with like double slants, some RPOs with some screen passes, Shanahan loves running screen passes and slants anyways. And that's like Debo's thing. And that's Jimmy's thing. Seriously. So 
RPOs, we need more of them. And again, I'm not saying that this needs to be the bread and butter of the offense, but you, I do feel like they need to sprinkle some of these RPOs in. So that's bullet point number two is I want to see more RPOs. Um, you know, four, five, six of them a game. You know, say that you have 60 offensive plays. Uh, ideally, you're running the ball 30 times. You're passing it 20 to 25. You're running 30, 35, 40 times. And, you know, there's there's a little bit of flexibility in there because a bunch of those are RPOs where it's a choice of run or pass. Cool. Uh, my third bullet point is simple, quick game. All right. And here's what I mean is Jimmy Garoppolo is never going to be an elite quarterback and he's never going to be an elite processor of the game. We've seen this over the last few years is the longer the play goes on, the scarier it gets. It's like, cool. If Jimmy throws in like one or two seconds, like it's usually not a bad thing. If it's like three seconds, four seconds, it's like, shit, he's going to throw an interception right to a guy. So what do you do? Make it really fucking easy on every pass play. So again, like have your pass plays be like read plays, like a key read. So you get up to the line of scrimmage. Here's our play. All right. First thing is a half field read. What are the safeties telling you? What are the corners telling you? What does it look like? Cool. Based on that, I'm either going to read this half of the field or that half the field. If it looks like cover two, go to your cover two beater. If it looks like cover three, go to your cover three beater. Then what you're going to do is you're going to find who is the player that we are putting in conflict, right? So say that you're running a double slant. You got two slants. There's a defender there. Depending on which way that one defender moves determines which window you're going to hit. You know, if he crashes to the inside, then you're going to hit him in the back. If he crashes outside, then you're going to hit the guy on the, on the front side. Right? So just making it very simple. I don't want to see Jimmy Garoppolo going through four freaking reads. Like, no, that that's a bad idea. Because he makes bad decisions when he goes to when it goes four seconds into a play and there's pressure in his face, he makes bad decisions. What's he good at? Rhythm, passing, quick game. Make it real fucking simple. Right? Half field read, key defender. What does it look like? Have a beater on it, you know, have have a have a cover two on one side, have a cover three on the other. Cool. Get up to the line. What does it look like? Cool. All right. I'm going to read that side. Who's my key defender? It's that guy. All right. Cool. Hike. Where's that guy go? Bam. Hit the other way. Right? So simple, quick game. Um, A key defender, half field reads. The other thing, um, I want to see more like levels concepts because you've, you've got to stretch defenders uh, like putting a guy in conflict. I like the idea of levels plays because if you've got like three guys running all kind of over the same direction, you're stretching the team vertically, but it's also really easy to read multiple receivers at the same time. I don't want Jimmy trying to go like, oh, right, there's one. Oh, there's my two. Oh, there's my three. Oh, there's my four. Way better to have, you know, three guys running on some crossers and being like, Cool. Covered, covered, open, bam. And you're just looking straight up. You know, I want things to be in rhythm. I want things to be simple. I want it. I want it to be the easiest, most simple, basic shit ever for Jimmy's passing game. All right. So that's my bullet point. Number three, simple, quick game, because we don't want Again, if you're going to do shot plays, the shot plays have to be off of play action because I don't trust Jimmy on seven step dropbacks reading his fourth fucking read. No, 
I don't think we should ever do that. But I want to see play action, you know, outside zone, play action shot plays, RPOs, simple quick game. That is focus on those things. All right. Sorry. I'm a little fired up here. <laughs> um, the next thing, fix the drops. Um, and this is so frustrating because we do have such talent on offense. I don't know why, but for some reason we're like bottom five in the NFL in terms of drop rate. Like we have a very, very bad drop rate on passes. Um, I don't know what that is. I don't know what the solution is. I don't know if it's an issue with the wide receivers coach. I don't know if we need to just like have the receivers spend extra time doing like the jugs machine where it's just like firing the ball and you're just catching it, you know, like, cool. Hey, you know what, guys, for every drop, you're going to have to do 50, you know, 50 jugs or whatever. Um, or like for every drop in the game, we got to do 20 jugs machine passes per person, you know, like every drop you have in game, you got to do 50 jugs machines, every practice the next week. Um, or maybe it's something with wide receivers coach. I don't know what it is, but watching that game, I think I saw four or five drops and it was like the previous week, there was a couple key drops where Ray Ray dropped like a 45 yard pass Ross, uh, or not, not Dwelly. Um, Charlie Warner dropped like a 20 or 30 yard pass, uh, this game again, you know, drops, we can't keep having a top drop rate when we have, again, you're off. I'm trying to make things as efficient as possible with as few mistakes as possible. How do you limit Jimmy Garoppolo mistakes? Simple, quick, fast rhythm. All right, cool. So now you're limiting Jimmy's mistakes. How do you get explosive plays? Well, they're probably going to have to be shot plays or yak. Cool. So focus on the yak, focus on developing shot plays with, you know, play action. Cool. Now, if that's how you're going to get more on the offense, how do you limit the mistakes? We already talked about penalties, but drops, you can't be dropping these explosive plays, especially when your drop rate is one of the highest in the NFL. We can't keep having that. So fix the drops. I don't know what the solution is to that, but somehow you got to fix the drops. Um, so that is point number four. All right. Um, my next thing is just always having a check down. And again, real simple. Like I don't trust Jimmy with like four plus seconds in the pocket. I want Shanahan to just say, Hey, every single play. I want a check down available. Just Christian McCaffrey, Jeff Wilson, Elijah Mitchell, whoever the fuck is back there. If we're running a passing play, you know, after you block for a second or two, just go stand open two yards away from the line of scrimmage. So Jimmy can check it down to you. Just every single play. I want to check down. I don't expect it to be a huge gain. I just want someone really easy for Jimmy to check down to so that that way, when he starts seeing pressure coming, check down. Cool. Nobody's open for three seconds. Check it down. And Jimmy, check it down, please. Like, don't be running around looking when you've got defenders in your face. Like, no, just, just check it down. Give it to your running back. Let them do their thing. Every single play, I want some kind of check down option available because otherwise Jimmy is going to take sacks and fumble. Um, you know, Jimmy threw two touchdowns. Yes. He also had a strip sack fumble and an interception. Jimmy's one for one touchdowns, turnovers, and he's been like that his entire career. It's probably not going to change. So let's give him an easy check down. So again, McCaffrey, it's great. McCaffrey's there. Uh, Jeff Wilson, Jr. Elijah Mitchell, just go stand open near the line of scrimmage and just be ready for Jimmy. All right. Just every single play needs a check down. Um, the next thing regarding the passing game 
is just making sure that the quick passing game actually works. And what I mean by that is motions along with bunch and stack formations. I feel like just about every single play, if it's going to be a pass play, we need to have either a bunch formation, a stack formation, or a motion. So that way our receivers aren't getting jammed at the line. I know Ayuk is shifty as hell, and I feel like he never gets jammed at the line. But I want to make it as easy as possible for our receivers to not get jammed and mess with the rhythm and the timing on their routes. Right? So every single pass play, either just like motion a guy so that way he can't get jammed or put them on a stack formation so that way they can't both so that way they don't get jammed or put them in a bunch formation so they don't get jammed. Either way, I don't want my receivers getting pressed and jammed, messing up the rhythm and timing and preventing Jimmy from getting to his first or second read. Because if you jam it, if you jam the receiver, and you mess up their timing on their route, and they're not there when Jimmy expects them to be there, and he has to get to his second or third read, bad things happen. So that's what we need as far as making sure that we don't get jammed at the line, is we need motions, bunches, and stacks. All right? So that's point number six. Point number seven, and my final point on offense is we need to have a legit competition from here on out for center and right tackle. Hands down. Mike McGlinchey, he's been bad. Just straight up. He's been bad. I think this game he gave up two sacks and had two huge penalties. Terrible. Um, Mike McGlinchey is a powerful run blocker. That's cool, but he can't pass block for shit. And he's become a liability. McGlinchey is getting to the point where he is being more of a detriment to the offense than a positive. And if that's the case, then there needs to be a competition at right tackle. I'm sorry you're a first round pick. I'm sorry we gave you the fifth year option. I'm sorry that you had a terrible injury last year. But ultimately, you're costing the team drives, you're costing the team points, and that's costing the team games. So we need to have a competition for right tackle. I don't know who wins it. It could be Brunskill, it could be Jalen Moore, it could be Colton McKivitz. I do not know, but I want a competition at right tackle. I also want a competition at center. Our two guards have been surprisingly good honestly like Aaron Banks I had a note in here did you know that Aaron Banks has given up zero sacks this season he's only given up like eight pressures all season Aaron Banks is a wall nobody gets past him Mike McGlinchey is the opposite of a wall he gets out of your way half the time so Aaron Banks has been really good. The center has not. Our center is our liability and our right tackle is our liability. We need to have a legit, we need to legit talk about having a competition there. And again, I don't know who the starting center should be. Um, I know that Brunskill, it looked like he was coming for that job and then he got injured in the preseason. So maybe it's Brunskill at center and maybe that helps. And you know what? If Mike McGlinchey is the only liability on the offensive line, that's better than Mike McGlinchey and Jake Brendel being liabilities. I want I would much rather have one liability on the offensive line than two. Because if you have a liability on the edge and in the middle, defenses can exploit that. If you have if you have one weakness, then you can try and mitigate that. You can do what the Chiefs did and just every single time. You can have your running back on a pass play, just chip the guy and help McGlinchey out. You know, just, hey, McGlinchey, FYI, every single pass play, just make sure that you guard the inside because in the on the outside, we're going to have our running back. He's going to chip the guy a little bit just to help you out on every single play. 
And maybe that would work. That's what we did like last year with Kittle because we had Alex Mack in the center and Alex Mack was solid. We had a liability at right tackle. So we had George Kittle in there blocking. Do I want George Kittle blocking all the time? No, but I'd much rather have one liability on the offensive line than two. So there needs to be a legit competition at center and right tackle. And I am okay if it changes on a semi-weekly basis, by the way, as long as we're getting the best five out there. Right now, I don't think McGlinchey and Brendel are two of the best five. I think that we can get better on the offensive line. Because we've got we've got numbers, we've got bodies, you know, we've we've got Jason Poe, we've got um, Nick Zakel, who played left tackle, and who played played left tackle in college. They were talking about him playing center. He could probably play tackle. He's pretty athletic. So we've got Zakel, we've got Moore, we've got uh, Brunskill, and we've got. Um, McKivitz. So we've got four more offensive linemen that we need to legit be having compete for the center and right tackle jobs. So there you go. Uh, the loss sucked. I'm always the optimist. And, uh, ultimately I, my brain, I'm a problem solver. I just, I see a problem. I have to try and figure out how to fix it. Um, my job, I run a maintenance department for a property management company. So we have, uh, over a hundred properties. We recently took on some more. So now I've got about 1900 units and every day we just get bombarded with different types of maintenance. And I have to figure out how to get everything resolved. You know, like I'm not a mechanic, but like, you know, like I, I have to figure out how to get these things resolved. You know, you got a hundred properties, you've got 50 different owners you've got to communicate with. I've got 20 different vendors that I got to coordinate things with. I've got a team of 10 people and 1900 units that could have everything from a, from a leaking sink. That's not a big deal to a water heater that just caused $10,000 worth of damage in a hundred year old building. And I've got to figure out how to figure out all these things. It's the same thing in football where you have to figure out how to adjust and fix your problems. So I hope that made sense. But again, if I was in charge of the offense, that's what I would do. So again, my seven bullet points that I would do more outside zone, combine that with shot plays, right? Get the outside go outside zone going, get some explosive shot plays out of it. Next thing is more RPOs. You know, it's a, it's a one read simple thing and it's either a quick pass or it's a run. And those are things that, you know, the offense is good at is running the ball and Jimmy's good at quick passing, make the quick passing game as simple as possible. Half field reads, key defenders, levels, you know, target, target a guy and every play I want Shanahan to say, Hey, just so you know, if you see this defense, target that guy. If you see this defense, target that guy. Wherever he goes, go the other way. That's going to be the play. Real simple. We want quick, simple passing for Jimmy. <clears throat> um, you know, always have a check down on those. Hey, guess what? If, if it looks like that and it turns out it's actually not that defense and you're like, holy shit, what kind of defense is this? Guess what? Always have a check down there. Cool. You don't know what's going on. Christian McCaffrey is 10 feet over there. Just throw him the ball. Let him go make a play. Oh, you didn't know what weird defense. They sent some kind of funky blitz. Cool. Jeff Wilson Jr. is standing eight feet that way. Toss the ball over to him. Let him make a play. You know, um, always have the check down, uh, motions, Bunch formations, stack formations, make sure your receivers aren't getting jammed at the line so that way you can stay in rhythm with your quick passing game. 
fix the drops. I don't know what the solution is, but when your team consistently has one of the worst drop rates in the NFL, something is wrong with the coaching. And I don't know what it is, but something's got to get fixed. We can't keep having, you know, a top five, top 10 worst drop rate in the NFL. And then again, the last thing is legit competition for center and right tackle. Uh, Those are our two liabilities right now. We've got four guys sitting on the bench. Let's see if we can improve it. You know, it's that simple. Anyways, I'm going to get out of here. Um, I hope that helped. Again, I'm just trying to wrap my head around how do we fix this offense. I believe the defense is going to bounce back. But if Shanahan is such an offensive genius, we need to see more points coming out of this offense with all this talent. And I tried to give some ideas there. Obviously, you got to figure out the penalties and you need to be more aggressive when it comes to kicking a field goal versus going for it on fourth and short, especially fourth and short in the red zone. I do not accept fourth and short in the red zone against a top scoring offense. That is, that is unacceptable. Um, but again, I'm pretty sure the defense is going to bounce back. You know, we're going to get a little healthier. We've got the Rams, we've got a bye week. And again, if, if we beat, if we beat the Rams or we lose either way after the bye week, we're probably going to get back Jason Verrett, Eric Armstead, and hopefully one of our linebackers. And if we get back those guys, the defense is going to be great again. And again, you'll have a top five defense. It's just a matter of fixing that offense. So I'm going to get out of here. I love you guys. Appreciate the listen. Like, subscribe, comment. Tell your friends. Tell your neighbors. Tell your enemies. And uh, as always, go Niners. <laughs>